It's time for the Friday Basketball Coaches Show on ESPN-UP. Hi, everybody. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. We talk with coaches all over Marquette County, and we'll start with Westwood High School girls basketball coach Kurt Corcoran. His team, good start to the season, picking up a 65-60 victory in overtime over Menominee on Tuesday. Coach, let's start with that game. Your team was down a couple of times in the final minute of the game where it looked like all Menominee had to do was hit their free throws, salt the thing away. They missed a few. They left the door open for you. But to your team's credit, they took advantage of it. They did it with no senior on the roster and in the first game of the season. Weren't any excuses for them, and they came out and they took care of business. Tell me about what that meant for you as a coach to get that win on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think I might have told you on Tuesday, you know, the first the first game of the year is always, is always up for grabs. Um, you, you never know what you're going to get from your team or from the other team. Uh, neither, neither team has had an opportunity to, to scout um, or really prepare other than what they, what they can use, what they have um, from, from the year before. Um, but, you know, it really, that, that game was, was very cliche. I mean, if you, you, you pick the cliche you want to use as far as free throws win, win games, um, Menominee just had to hit a one free throw. Um, uh, hit the front end of a one and one. Uh, they had multiple opportunities, um, and we were fortunate enough that they that they rimmed out, um, and we were able to capitalize on the under, other end of the floor with free throws. Um, Tessa Lee's hitting, um, I think it was eight in that final frame. Um, it was it was a game of runs. We were up nine. Um, we were up. They came back, took the lead at the end of the first quarter. Uh, we took the lead back. We were up by as many as maybe seven or eight again. They had a 12-point run to start the fourth quarter. Um, so it was it was a barn burner. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I'll tell you what, going into practice on, on Wednesday was a lot nicer knowing that we had the W on our side. Uh, we would have been sitting there second-guessing all kinds of decisions. Um, and, you know, we really, we really did second-guess things anyways. I mean, you know, there's there's things I, I take out of that game. The girls take out of it. I mean, I should uh, I should have used the timeout um, on that that 12-0 run that they had, but it was um, I, I just I don't know I don't know why I, why I didn't. Um, but and, and the girls the girls um, just get get the ball to your shooters, get the ball to uh, your ball handlers in times like that, and um, just kind of we needed to calm down. So. Uh, Fortunately for us, those mistakes, um, despite those mistakes, we still got the W. Well, Coach, you talked about a few of the players that were coming back, like Madeline, like Tessa, that were going to be the big dogs this year. They were underclassmen last season, but logged a lot of minutes for you, did some great things, and it's going to be their team coming into this season. Tessa, you saw really embrace that role with 33 points, 11 rebounds, five steals, four assists. Tell me about the new roles you're seeing uh, members of your team take on, and how they're excelling at them. Yeah, no, uh, Tessa was Tessa was was nothing short of incredible. Um, and, and you know, with a stat line like that, um, you know what thirty three you you just said it thirty three eleven five four four two or something. Um, and she even uh, obviously the game winning free throws. But um, people, I, I forgot to mention the other night uh, at the end of the at the end of the third quarter, I believe it was she. 
blocked the girl's three-point shot with about four seconds to go down to the other end of the floor, went and got her own rebound, her own defensive rebound, and finished with a layup just before the buzzer. Um, I mean, talk about a momentum changer. Uh, it didn't work out for us because they then went on a 12-0 run, but um, just just for her to have that awareness as a junior, um, and then and then when when they're keying on Tessa because you know everybody is, um, she she can hand the ball off to Maddie Koski who is capable of, of doing the same exact thing. So um, Tessa is is one of she's she's I've always referred to her as kind of the eye of the tiger. Um, she no, nothing phases her. She's a, she's a great kid. She's a great leader, great teammate, uh, very coachable, and um, I, I'm I'm very very excited to see what what her future brings. Well, coach, how about some of the players who had to take on increased roles for you that had seen little to no varsity experience last season? Players like Ellie Miller, you brought her up. She had. 10 points, including the game-winning basket in overtime with 49 seconds to play. You had players like Jillian Koski that score her first varsity points seven seconds into her career. You get players that take on the new environment, and they don't seem phased by it. They step right into it, and they excel. Yeah, well, um, so it really wasn't anything real new for Ellie. Um, she'd seen she'd seen some some very quality minutes last year just the quantity of minutes may not have been as what she had what she had maybe hoped for but um she stepped in um you know her her job was to guard the six foot emma anderson i thought she did a fantastic job um you know emma emma ended up with 18 points um but that i mean that's the girl can shoot threes she was hitting her free throws uh she's good down in the post got good footwork she's got a nice little soft uh almost a almost a a stab hook shot um, that she just kisses off the glass. Um, so Ellie had big, big shoes to fill and did a nothing short of a f- fantastic job. And like you said, she was, she got us over the hump there with that um, kind of circus layup that she hit uh, in overtime to put us up to uh, Jillian, Jillian Koski. Um, that was her first varsity minutes. Yeah. And took her seven seconds to score her first, her first points. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and, but again, there was times when Jillian, you know, the speed of the game was maybe not quite what she, uh, expected or was not quite what she was used to. Um, Sadiqa Gardner had to come in, um, play some, some quality minutes, uh, cause Ellie Miller was in foul trouble and that was Sadiqa and Megan Johnson and Emily Nelson. That was also their first varsity experience. So, um, and we talked to them, their minutes were a little bit limited. Um, but that was a really good Menominee team. It was very fast-paced, and I think they were probably caught off guard by by the speed of the game. So, um, as they get more more seasoned here, they will they will they'll see more minutes, and they'll get they'll they'll catch up. Coach, uh, foul trouble started to become an issue for a few different players. You only have eight on your varsity roster, and by the fourth quarter, your team just looked exhausted out of gas maybe and they found a way to get a second win they just dug deep and powered through it tell me about the mental toughness it took to grit out a win on tuesday yeah i i thought well it's not that i thought we ran out of gas we did we did run out of gas we were running on fumes um no no questions about it and it was you know i i I attribute that to a lot of different things. One of them being being our, our workouts, our off-season workouts. They work out with advantage, um, depending on the time of the year, up to, up to three times a week. 
and um, Dustin Branshaw does a fantastic job with them. He, uh, they always do these like overtime periods in their workouts, where after after the workout is is over, it's like nope, we got it. There's an overtime period, and they just learn to push with each other. And the fact that they are all there together with each other, um, and, I, and I'm talking eight o'clock, eight a.m. summer sessions. Um, these girls have obviously summer vacation and they spend three days out of the week getting up at 7:30 to be to the gym for eight o'clock and, and work out and they can each look each other in the eyes and say hey i was there we were there together we've been through this we've pushed through before and we're gonna we're gonna push through again and i think i attribute a lot of that to their their off-season workouts and their off-season just just work ethic in general well, Coach, you started the game on a 9-0 run. You also finished it on a 9-0 run in overtime. That was after Menominee scored the first four points of the extra session. When they got out to that 60-56 lead in the final period, what was your message to the team to get them to come back and reel off the run that you did? Well, we we just got done making that run just in the, the quarter, the, the end of the quarter prior. So it was it, – it, when they took that four-point lead, it was wind out of the sails a little bit. Like, come on, girls, we just we just talked about this, and now we're, we gave up a fast-break layup because we didn't get back on defense. Um, and but I'm telling you, Tessa had that determination look in her eyes, and uh, she whether she was doing it on the rebounding end. I mean, she was she was grabbing defensive rebounds and and swim dribbling down the floor, taking it herself. And um, she's fortunate enough to get some get some calls and get to the free throw line so um you know we being down four we were only down four for just but a few seconds and um then i th- I believe tessa hit two free throws to bring us back within two so uh, four points was a little bit scary but you know two points in an overtime period um just with the way that we were playing um i i it was they they were excited they were motivated um they didn't want to lose their first game of the of the season on their home floor in front of the, in front of the crowd. So, um, you know, I didn't have to, that wasn't anything I did. Those, those girls, um, they did that themselves. There was no special speech or special timeout words of wisdom. I gave them that was just pure grit and determination. Head coach Kurt Corcoran of the Westwood girls basketball squad, kind enough to share his thoughts on his team's victory over Menominee on Tuesday to open the season with a W. The team hosted Lance last night. Here is a listen to the post-game interview as we get coaches' thoughts moving ahead to next week's matchup against Ishpeming. Westwood girls basketball coach Kurt Corcoran, his team 2-0 to start the season. They took down Lance last night by a score of 63-35. to Every player scored in the ball game. Westwood hit only one three-pointer, but still put up 63 points. Similar to what Lance did on Tuesday when they took down Houghton 60-45, to they scored 60 points with only one three-ball. The Patriots may be an uncharacteristic game last night, but they get the victory, and I caught up with Coach Corcoran afterwards. All right, Kirk Corcoran joins us on headset. Kind enough to talk after his team's 63-35 to victory. You saw two teams that really impressed on Tuesday night. Your team committed 20 turnovers, made one three, and still found a way to win, put up 63 points on the board. I mean, it wasn't always the prettiest, but sometimes you got to win ball games like that. Yeah, it, it got, got a little bit ugly there. That tends to happen when you win. Uh... You get a score, like a 30-point separation in score. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we had different lineups in there towards the end that we're not used to playing with in practice. Uh, you know, we did we we got sloppy. It was a sloppy, sloppy second half. Um, part of that might be just because, like I said, our four generals weren't out there uh, running the show. Um, but you know, that was what we talked about in the locker room. I mean, how do you? You, you don't want to be negative after a 30-point victory, mm-hmm. but it, there's things you got to learn. You can't be sloppy like that. Um, you know, when you, you, you play sloppy and you win by 30, uh, so these girls kind of tend to think that they can play like that against anybody and they're still going to win, and that's just not the case, especially when you got teams like Ishpeming and West Iron coming up next week. Uh, so a lot of things we need to clean up. Um, again, a lot of just habitual things uh, defensively, um, rebounding, and just... You know, when you when you sense that sloppiness, you you got to be able to to step back and just take control of the game again. And um, we didn't do that in the fourth quarter tonight. Pass work, especially on scoring chances, looked really good. I uh, got a few more of those as compared to Tuesday night. Assist numbers went up. Yeah, uh, I haven't had a chance to. I guess they're sitting here in front of me, but I haven't really digested them. Um, I'm just I was disappointed in all the layups that we missed towards the end of the towards the end of the game and all the free throws we missed. I think we we joked uh, on Tuesday how we you know we're an 84 percent free throw shooting team, and what were we tonight? So we were lucky if we were even 50. Yeah, not even 50. I mean, one night to the next, you never know what you're going to get, and um, we are not going to. We will not be considered one of the best teams. Uh, in the area if we can't shoot 50 percent from the free throw line and make those we like just call them bunnies or puppies or the, the easy layups well coach uh, every one of your players got in the scorebook tonight everybody got some quality minutes i mean you're starting to see all eight players really pulling their weight and uh you know not a whole lot of drop off maybe outside your top two or three i mean you're getting good contributions all the way up and down the bench however short it may be yeah i, I you know i hadn't even digested that portion of it yet everybody scored that's a lot of quality minutes getting these these girls who uh it's their first year on the varsity getting them some quality quality minutes it's really important seeing them uh step in step into a, a role like that i thought emily nelson played a heck of a game tonight um she she hit her first couple buckets couple steals couple nice rebounds um and we're, we're gonna need we're gonna need these uh six seven and eight on the bench uh it's a long season you even just see K, KP, Carly Page, and she just rolled her ankle a little bit, you know, just need to be able to take her out of the game, make sure she's all right, and uh, not, sub, not not subtract when we when we have to sub. And I thought the girls did a great job. Sadiqa did great tonight. Megan hit a th- her first three-pointer of the year. Um, just uh, that is, that's, that's good to see. Coach 2-0, Ishpeming will be in the house on Monday. We'll talk to you then. All right, thanks, Tanner. That's Kurt Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood. His team winners tonight 63-35. to 2-0 start to the season. Junior varsity again falls 39-29. They are 1-1. One one. Again, our thanks to Kurt Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood, taking the time to talk. 2-0 start to the year for the Lady Patriots. And as you heard, the Ishpeming Hematites will make the short trip over to Westwood High School on Monday. You'll hear from their head coach, Ryan Regal, coming up throughout the show, as well as other coaches throughout Marquette County. Thank you for listening to the ESPN-UP Friday Tip-Off Coaches Show on your home for all things sports in Marquette County. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven, that's our commitment to you. 
It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Marquette Red Men Boys Basketball with head coach Brad Nelson. His team 2-1 and one to start the 2018-2019 season. And coach, what a way to start for your guys. Winning the Petoskey Tournament, got an overtime victory over Brighton on Friday. Saturday looked really good against Petoskey in the title game. You pick up a couple of wins there. Tell me about opening weekend for your guys. Yeah, it's always, <clears throat> always interesting to see what kind of squad you're going to put out there the first night and you know we played a pretty good Brighton team that was athletic and <clears throat> really good defensively and we kind of struggled with it a little bit uh it was hard to get on a good run uh so that was a battle but it was a good test for our guys first game of the year to see how they would respond I think we were down seven in the fourth quarter and we were able to battle back but you know that game we put ourselves in some bad situations defensively and <clears throat> you know got out ahead of the ball a few too many times and stressed out our defense and when you do that, bad things are going to happen. So <clears throat> we corrected a few things uh, Saturday morning uh, after I looked at the film. And our game plan going into Petoskey was just to keep those guys in front of us. And, you know, we pitched a shutout in the first quarter, and that gave us confidence going forward. And <clears throat> we were able to get a 32-10 lead at halftime. And, you know, it was enough. Petoskey made a few mini runs trying to nip, nip away at that lead. But, you know, our defense really held tough in the in the end of that game, and we were able to come out with the, the win. So, it was a good weekend. Um, you know, Brighton's a big school. I think their enrollment's like 2,400 or something like that. So going up against bigger schools like that, that's a good thing for us. Well, Coach, uh, I want to get to the Petoskey matchup, and as you alluded to, the shutout that you pitched in the opening quarter. But the Brighton game, you mentioned you were down seven in the fourth. And that's tough to do, to come back from in the uh, first game of the season like that. Was there anybody that took on that leadership role you felt like took command of the game in the huddle your seniors maybe set the tone for the guys that said we're getting back into this ball game yeah um ethan martish hit a couple big threes for us um marius hit a hit a big three from the top of the key to to get us back into that game and you know marius got fouled with a little over a second to go and made uh the front end of a one and one to tie it could have won it uh if he made the second one but we went into overtime and opened up a quick five five oh lead uh, in overtime, so that was that was a good thing just to see the resiliency. Every basketball game you play is going to pose different situations, and and that was good for us to to be in that that spot um, to battle back and things like that. And then you know, against Petoskey to have a lead and hold the lead, that's another element that you need to be good at. You know, as the season rolls around. Tell me about what your team was doing so well defensively in that opening quarter when it took Petoskey nine minutes to get their first points of the ball game. It was just great help defense. Um, we didn't gamble uh, once, which we did a lot of against Brighton, and that's why you know it was a little bit different game and how disappointed I was Friday night. And I looked at the film, and you know part of it was on me just because going into that game we wanted to 
instigate a little pressure and put Brighton in some spots that they weren't comfortable with, but they were able to get to the rim after we gambled, and, and you can't do that. So we changed things up, uh, played a little bit softer defense against Petoskey, um, stopped their penetration. They weren't able to get to the rim, and it obviously helps having a 6'10 rim, rim protector with Marius. But just the, the overall intensity, the communication defensively, and that's what we're stressing, you know, moving forward is we have to talk. And, you know, we're getting better at it, but we still got a ways to go. Well, then you went down to Green Bay on Tuesday night, got into a little bit of a shootout down there, but ended up falling 79-70. to 70. Tell me about that contest and what you took away from it. Another uh, tough team. Uh, they had a couple of really, really good players, and, um, <clears throat> you know, they're fast, they're athletic. Um, I think they're the third largest public school in Wisconsin. Um, so they have athletes to pick from. And, you know, we don't like shootouts. You know, 79 to 70 isn't typically what you see out of our program. But um, we didn't off- – offensively, we had 20 turnovers. Um, very few of them were forced by Green Bay. Um, so, you know, we got practice later on today, and we got to clean up the offensive side of things. Obviously – Given up 79 points, that needs to be addressed as well. But that was just an athletic team, and when you face that type of team, you're going to have to be able to put up some points, and we were, but it was just too little too late. Um, they went on a little 12-0 run, got a couple fast-break dunks, and, you know, the momentum carried them. But, you know, like I said, in the end, in the end, hopefully that's going to benefit us going down and facing that type of competition, and I, I think it will. Talking with Brad Nelson, head boys basketball coach at Marquette. Two and one start to the year for you, coach. Anything that jumps out to you from your first three games maybe you didn't expect out of your team that has stood out to you for good or for bad? Uh, I, w- I would say we got to improve offensively, uh, getting to the rim. <clears throat> you know, Marius is putting up big numbers, scoring and rebounding. Um, Rafi Mulatto started the year hot. Uh, but we need more guys getting to the rim. Um, tightening up our offense, like coming off of screens, reading screens. You know, I think we're a little bit too loose on that part of it, and that's going to be addressed today in practice. But um, that's the number one thing. Um, Defensively, just having five guys out there that that grind out defensive possessions at all times. You know, you can't have one guy take the the possession off because before you know it, the other team scores, and then you're down trying to get it back on the other end. So, you know, just focusing on having – Five guys defending 100% of the time. Uh, those are the big, big issues that we need to address. Um, and then just getting more guys involved. Well, uh, you get a little bit of time off. You get a full week between games until you take the trip to Gladstone on Tuesday night. What do you expect from the Braves? Uh, they're they're playing tough. You know, they, they obviously they have Reese Caster, and he's a big key for them. Um, still have some film to watch on them. <clears throat> trying to get another one, but. You know, opening up conference play, you know, those first three games that we played against those, those larger schools hopefully prepare us to, to go into Gladstone, which is a tough place to play. But it's a conference game, and, you know, you only get eight of them. And a lot of times the team that wins it either is undefeated or only has one loss. So everyone is valuable. Uh, so we got a game plan pretty hard for this, this first conference game uh, and face a, a, a really, really good player in Reese Castor. Well, then you've got a few more road games at Traverse City before you're finally home on the 18th against Escanaba. Does it start to affect your team a little bit, playing so many games on the road to start the year? It's almost a full month until you get to play your first home game. 
Yeah, it, it it's a good and bad thing. Uh, obviously, the bus rides aren't aren't the greatest. I think I I figured it out. It's about 1,700 miles on the road in the first three weeks mm-hmm. of the season. But uh, it's good for the players uh, being with each other. They're great friends. Um, they they have fun on the bus. Uh, but we got to get off. The, when we step off the bus, it's a business trip, and you know it's it's testing us. Obviously, we're gonna have a, some more home games as the year rolls around, but. Early in the season, playing on the road against good teams, that's kind of what you want as a coach to see how you guys handle it. Brad, as always, thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck this year. Look forward to talking again. Okay, thank you, Tanner. Let's transition to Marquette girls basketball coach. We've got head coach Ben Smith with us. And, Coach, your team's 1-0 coming off a 50-31 win over Gladstone on Tuesday, heading down to Petoskey tonight to take part in their early season tournament. First, though, let's go back to your opener, maybe a game that started a little slow for both teams, but your team picked up speed throughout and come away with a 19-point win. Yeah, I think it's always hard when you uh, get on the floor for the first time for an actual game. You have, I don't know if it's jitters or excitement or a combo of both. Um, And Gladstone uh, beat us down at their place last year and so they came out um ready to go at the at the tip and i think it was five to five after one um we kind of got our feet under us a little bit and then i think we outscored them maybe 24 to nine or something in that second quarter which um part of it was we made a few shots but a big part of it was our defense ramped up and we were able to force some turnovers and turn some stops into some buckets at the other end Offensively, did you make any adjustments besides what uh, creating offense from your defense? Um, a little bit. I think we just kind of settled down, um, and we were a little bit more confident. Um, you know, when we had it in spots where I think in the first quarter we were a little bit quick to either, you know, pass it out of situations where we might have had a little bit of an advantage or um, just kind of rushed or forced something a little bit. So we just kind of settled into the flow of the game, but I definitely think you know, getting a few easier looks off of transition plays just kind of settles the whole thing down, um, which kind of is counterintuitive, I guess, where, you know, our um, freneticness on defense and, you know, flashing there makes us settle down on offense, but I think it just kind of disengages your brain a little bit. You just play instead of you know, trying to make the perfect play or trying not to make a mistake, which I think we are also doing out of the gate. Well, your team showed some mental toughness early on in the season. You kept them about arm's length. You had a pretty commanding lead throughout, but they wouldn't go away. And every time that they went on a run, your team had an answer for them. Tell me about the mental toughness it took for your squad to get the win like you did. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I hope that we kind of build that as kind of an every possession thing, you know, um, Every team's makeup's a little bit different, but I think we have a pretty strong will, and if we dig in and try and make the other team earn it every single possession, it just goes such a long way, not only because you're obviously going to be competing every possession and making it as difficult as possible, but you know it's really hard to go against a group of kids that try really hard all the time. You know, And if our effort is um, consistent and on point, it really makes it, you know, a daunting task for teams to try and um, gain some traction against you. But if they know that, yeah, their energy is going to um, come in waves, then when we're kind of dipping, then they'll take advantage of it. And we were able to, you know, kind of keep up that grittiness. Um, 
did a pretty good job on the boards defensively, but I think on the offensive glass um, is where we kind of um, helped ourselves out too. Um, you know, taking advantage of some second chance opportunities um, and finishing um, some putbacks, which you know makes your offense seem a little bit better too. Well, Coach, how about Brighton? You've got them coming up this evening at the Petoskey Tournament. Tell me, uh, first and foremost, you get a little bit of tournament action early on in the season. Tell me what that does for your team. Yeah, that's really um, a fun thing. Um, we're actually at the bridge right now, um, you know, having a little bit of lunch and then head down. And this year, a little bit different than in years past. Our freshmen actually have one game down here. They're playing Petoskey's freshman at four, so that's a fun thing for them. But... Um, I think this is probably like year eight or nine that we've been coming down, if not even more. Um, and it's always Petoskey, obviously, but the last handful of years, it's been Brighton, um, a Class A school from down by Detroit, and they always have athletes and, you know, a pretty good program or a really good program, um, which gives us a nice test out of the gates if we uh, match up with them. Um, and then the fourth team for a while was St. Ignace, and now it's been manned in the last couple years and they should have a couple senior guards that we've seen now for a couple years that you know whoever we play um tomorrow i think should be a pretty good test for us also but tonight we have brighton and the last couple years we've been able to kind of come out on top with um hard fought victories so i'm sure they'll be ready to go they have a 6-2 junior who i know is in like the uh free press top 40 and good player and they you know like i said just have a solid program where you know you got to be doing the right stuff or else you're gonna um, come out on the wrong end of it so um it's always a nice test early to make sure that we're ready um you know execution wise obviously we're not always there at this point of the season but the effort has to be because if you're not ready to go they'll kind of smash it down your throat and you (laughs) won't be able to recover so you know we know we um, have to be ready physically and mentally to um, be in for a dogfight and hope the girls are. Ben, thanks as always for the time. All the best tonight. Look forward to talking again. All right. Thanks a bunch. We'll be in touch. That's Ben Smith, head girls basketball coach and Marquette. More after this on ESPN-UP. I'm Ken Farley from the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home. And each year, it's amazing to watch the student-athletes in our area schools compete at a really high level and juggle the demands of learning in the classroom, studying at home, hanging with friends, and for some, working a part-time job. They represent their schools and communities well. And if you see them on the street, let them know you appreciate their efforts. After all, they are the future leaders. We at the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home are standing on the sidelines with great admiration for what you do. Join us in cheering in a positive way as we enjoy this high school sports season. The Market Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The barbecue bacon Big Boy and fully loaded Big Boy, US 41 Marquette. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you. Time now to talk Ishpeming Hematite basketball with head girls coach Ryan Riekel. His team coming off a loss in the season opener, 56-45 against Kingsford. 
Coach, you knew there'd be some replacement to be doing with uh, five seniors graduating from last year's squad. What did you see out of your younger players stepping up and taking on some new roles in their first time out? Uh, I was pretty uh, happy with uh, their effort level. Uh, we dug ourselves a big hole in the second quarter. Uh, we scored three points in that second quarter. We got uh, bit by the follow bug, so girls had to play extended minutes that they're typically not used to, uh, adapt to a new role that might have been shifted to another position. Uh, but uh, they responded well in the second half after digging ourselves that hole and were able to cut the lead down to nine at uh, one point. And uh, I couldn't have been more happy with the girls not begging it and, uh, you know, packing it in and leaving the game. And then in the end result, we were able to show that we can dig uh, back from any kind of deficit. To Kingsford's credit, they're a little bit bigger of a school. They've got a good squad, and they've got two really good players that are going to lead their team this year, and they came out in full force in the opener. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be one of the smaller – we're probably the smallest school on our own schedule next to maybe Lons. Uh But, you know, we, we like having the, the BP schedule. Whenever we face the, you know, Kingsford uh, program, Escanaba, uh, scrimmage, you know, usually scrimmage Marquette, uh, those are the things that help you get ready for the districts uh, coming later in uh, March. And uh, we we know that we're going to make the playoffs regardless. Uh, unlike football, where you got to kind of plan your schedule based on it, hoping you can make the playoffs. Uh, so we like facing good competitions. And with our schedule this year, and I think all the other coaches can agree, is there is no really easy game on the schedule, and every game could be a dogfight. Orion, you mentioned the second quarter. Your team was outscored 19-3, to had a little bit of foul trouble, then came out in the second half and got the lead down to single digits, as you alluded to. What was your message at halftime to help your team get back into the ballgame? Uh, I was a little, little not mad, but uh, just trying to teach the girls their roles because they've never been in it. And uh, some of our uh, leaders in the team uh, you know, had a little, not an attitude problem, but were feeling bad for themselves because of their foul trouble they were in. And uh, I told them that they're not allowed to, uh, you know, show that uh, disinterest or not even disinterest, but anger with the, the way the game is being officiated because their teammates respond to that. And I thought the girls did a lot of uh, good adjusting at halftime. Uh, they came out with a little more energy and a little more enthusiasm. And as you can see, we were able to cut that down. And uh, I thought those girls did a really good job showing that uh, growth and maturity uh, towards being leaders on the team. Well, Ryan, your team did have a 33-30 edge in the rebounding category. Tell me about your team's effort on the glass. Uh, we're, we're really small. Uh, you know, Kingsford had you know three girls that were about six feet tall starting, uh, but uh, our girls are scrappy and uh, we got a lot of the long rebounds. Uh, when they'd miss a long shot, we'd run hustle it down, and uh, these girls know that they got to do it with effort. Uh, when you're going to face Nagani, who I think I don't think they've ever lost a rebounding battle, uh, Westwood, who is uh, very well uh, coached with their rebounding. Uh, you have to be ready to try to get every rebound possible. And if you don't, and you don't win the rebound battle, uh, you're going to be uh, digging yourself a bigger hole than you really want. Well, Ryan, how about your team's effort shooting from the floor? You were 8 of 12 at the free throw line. Pretty good for opening night, although I think you'd like to see the number of attempts go up. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we had to shoot a few more threes than we normally would. Uh, and it based off their size and what Kingsford was able to do with packing the paint a little bit, uh, we had to rely on some shooting. And then with girls in follow trouble, they didn't want to get that cheap offensive follow. So we uh, we spread the floor a little bit. We got some great looks. Uh, we hit quite a few threes. Uh, you know, if they're going down, it's great. But I'd really like to get us in the free throw line just because we got other teams in follow trouble. We were able to get Kingsford's point guard, Brooke Kriegel, 
uh, her fourth foul, and that uh, they had to take her out of the game in the third quarter, and we were able to put a press on it, and it worked out for us. Uh, if we can do that to other teams' best guards, uh, that can put us in a really good position to uh, try to come up with wins and establish some momentum with pressing and causing turnovers. Talk with Ryan Rico, head girls basketball coach at Ishpeming. Coach, let's look ahead to next week. You've got Westwood coming up on the 10th. They're a good team, and they're going to continue to build off last year's success. Uh, you have a full week off between your season opener before you go into Westwood. Tell me what you're expecting from that game and how you're going to spend the days in between. Uh, you know, I was able to go scout them on Tuesday night. Uh, they faced a really good Menominee team, and uh, Westwood showed a lot of growth uh, based from the year before. Uh, games that, because they were young, very very young for the last couple of years, you lose those games, uh, but Westwood's uh, growth and maturity with the, the two guards that they have uh, showed uh, and paid off greatly because they were able to close that game out and hit the big free throws and uh, win that game. Uh, Westwood is now geared to you know, have a good season this year. Uh, the little mistakes they might have made, the young mistakes before, uh, now they're not going to make those mistakes. Uh, I was in a similar position a couple years ago where we were losing games we shouldn't have. And uh, now uh, Westwood's shown the same thing. And we know that we're going to have to take care of the ball. We're going to have to stop their fast break. Uh, they did a really good job in that first quarter. And then we're also going to have to keep them off the free throw line because they're one of the better free throw shooting teams in the region. Well, Ryan, I know it's a rivalry matchup, a cross-town rivalry situation, but it's a rivalry built on respect, although the whole town is going to come out and uh, get up for that game. Take me inside the Ishpeming-Westwood rivalry and what it means to be on the bench for it. Uh, you know, basketball's great, especially when you have so many rivalries. You know, we have Nagani, we have Gwynn, we have uh, Westwood. Uh, those are fun rivalries. Uh, you know, when the coaching staffs respect each other, the players respect each other, uh, the fans respect each other. It's it's fun to be part of. Uh, we faced them in the uh, district final last year, and for a girls' basketball game, I think we had more uh, fans at that game than the boys' uh, district final, and that was uh, kind of fun to be part of, uh, just to see that kind of crowd and the support for girls' basketball. Uh, you know, this rivalry is uh, always going to be when you're two miles apart from each school, like you're sandwiched between. Uh, it's going to be fun to be part of, uh, you know, especially as a coach and as a player, you, you always like that, that crowd atmosphere, that energy, instead of empty gyms for people you don't really know. Now, our boys play the uh, Westwood boys on Friday, and uh, I think that'll kind of uh, snowball into the next week, and you're going to see a lot of uh, fun uh, cheering and good basketball. Well, Coach, you got one look at your team so far. What jump do you want them to take from game one to game two? What are going to be your goals and your challenges laid out before them? Uh, we gotta get out. we got to stay out of fall trouble. Uh, you know, if you have if you have certain followers, you got to know that you got to kind of let things go, uh, not follow again, uh, take yourself out of position. Sometimes it's it's more beneficial just to let the person score the layup if you're if you're beat instead of purposely following them. And then, uh, you know, we got to keep momentum. Uh, you know, I thought uh, we almost had them on the on their heels, uh, Kingsford, but we let them take two good uh, threes. Uh, credit to the little guard, the Brooke Kriegel girl. Uh, for hitting deep shots, but we know she's a great shooter, so you have to close out on him. Our conference is full of really good shooters, so we have to know where Maddie Koski is, Abby Nelson, uh, Mallory Delmont. Uh, those girls can all shoot the ball very well, so we got to make sure we're closing out on them because that's pretty much a layup for them. Coach, as always, thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck next week. Look forward to talking to you then. All right, take care, Tanner. That's Ryan Rico, head girls basketball coach at Ishpeming. More after this on ESPN-UP. 
Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you. Time now to talk Gwen Model Towner basketball. And we started the girls' side with head coach Ben Olson. His team coming off a 52-42 loss against Bark River Harris on Tuesday. Well, Coach, first and foremost, tell me what you learned from that game, maybe what you addressed to your team in the huddle afterwards. Well, we jumped out to a, a really good start. We were up 18-7 to 7 early on. Um, we had a three that was uh, nullified by a three-seconds call that would have put us up 21-7 to 7 really early in the game. Um, I think really the, what happened in that game is they had a little more depth than we have and we're not quite um, in, in condition yet. And kind of their full-court pressure kind of wore on us. Um, they took a 10-point lead middle of the third quarter. We cut it to 44-42 with about two and a half minutes left and uh, just couldn't make the clutch shots down the stretch um, to kind of seal the victory. They, they made the proper plays, and uh, i got to give a lot of credit to them. Um, they were both 10 deep, and they pressed and run at you, and they, they really don't stop. Um, but to kind of put it in perspective, you know, we were down two with about two and a half minutes to go, and we had 30 turnovers and were 8 of 21 from the foul line. So to even be in a game like that with those kind of numbers, um, kind of tells a lot about what we could do if we can clean up some of our, our issues. You mentioned the uh, struggles at the free throw line, turnovers that were issued. How did that factor into your practice plans for this week? Well, we did a lot of stuff. To, you know, they, they ran kind of a diamond trap at us and, and were trapping the first pass. You know, we did a lot of stuff of, of just seeing through some pressure, making good passes. You know, a lot of the turnovers were kind of, you know, on our part, you know, overthrowing somebody, underthrowing somebody, maybe dribbling a little bit too fast for, and that's all the, the stuff that a press wants to get you to do. So we're really focusing on, you know, a press wants to speed you up, wants you to take quick shots. How about, you know, if we don't have anything on one end, slow it down, set offense up, and make sure of our passes, make sure of our, our spacing and our dribbling. And, again, a lot of the stuff we did I feel like was, more on us than it was on them but again you got to give them credit because they put us into those situations well coach what'd you like about your squad was there any positives you were able to take away that uh looked really good from the first game yeah my brooke manor and marissa delmont were a combined uh, 12 of 25 and had 32 points so you know my two main guards shot the ball really really well scored it at a really good you know clip um the only problem is that they also turned it over at a pretty decent clip too so um, you know, offensively, you know, other than some lulls there, you know, I, I think we did a good job. I liked what we did offensively. I liked what we did defensively. You know, they, they did a good job of, of Bark River likes to pass and cut, 
you know, and we did a good job of taking away cutters and that. So there, there were some good things. And like I said, the two key stats, I feel, were our 30 turnovers and our inability to make, sh- you know, shots at the foul line. You know, we shot 40% from the field. You know, all those things kind of add up to winning except for your turnovers and your, your free throw percentage. When you look ahead to Iron Mountain coming up, uh, what do you expect from them as you hit the road again? Uh, more of a traditional MPC team. You know, Bark River is, you know, in-your-face defense up and down. And to me, it's like they don't care if they follow you five times or 25 times. They're going to keep playing their, their pace and at their speed. Iron Mountain is more of a, a traditional, you know, they're going to get back on defense. Sometimes they zone you, um, you know, so it's, it's more of a, a style that we're kind of comfortable with. Um, not that we shouldn't be comfortable with the pressing in your face style, but, you know, we don't see that a whole lot. Um, we see more of your traditional kind of play um, and not that up-tempo stuff. So they could zone us. You know, they run a couple of different sets where they try to get, you know, people in, in the post that they think they have advantage of. And uh, we just got to be ready to, to be physical and tough in the post. And then if they zone, we got to be ready and, and know what we're doing on that end of the, of the thing. So um, I feel comfortable and good going in there. I feel like we're prepared and ready to go. We just, you know, have to shoot it better and take care of it better. Do they have any height over there in Iron Mountain? Yeah, they got Emma Tolman. She's 6'1", 6'2". Um, Riley Poopor is probably their best player. Um, but she, from what I heard, she went down with an ankle injury. So mm-hmm. I heard she's out till the beginning of January. So that's unfortunate for her. She's a great kid. Um, I'm an Iron Mountain alum, so I kind of, you know, stick with some. You know, I hear a lot of stuff from Iron Mountain. Um, so she's a great kid. Unfortunate for her, but I guess it's, it's pretty decent for us to have one of their better players on the shelf if that's really what's going on. So, um, yeah, they, you know, they, they got girls who can post you up and score, and, and we got girls who should be able to defend that. Have you gotten any film on them from the opening game? Anything that you can tell they like to do? Uh, not necessarily film. I got film from last year, but I had somebody tell me a lot what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stuff, what they did last year, is stuff that they're doing again this year. So the film that we have last year, we played them, I think, last like game 16 or 17. So, I mean, as far as films go, that's pretty fresh as far as what they're doing. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. All the best against Iron Mountain. Look forward to talking again later this year. Thank you for all you do. That's Ben Olson, head girls basketball coach at Gwynn. More after this on ESPN-UP. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Let's help put Christ back into Christmas. Embers Credit Union, in partnership with Knights of Columbus, is having a poster contest to help our youth do just that. Each poster must reflect the Keep Christ in Christmas Week. The contest is open to all young people between the ages of 5 and 14. There will be several prizes in each category, and the deadline for entry is December 15th. You can pick up supplies and official rules and drop off your finished masterpiece at any branch of Ember's Credit Union and with the art department of Father Market Schools. There are hundreds of dollars of prizes in the contest and a pizza party in January for all participants. If you'd like to know more, visit embers.org. Embers Credit Union, formerly the UP Catholic Credit Union, 
membership open to anyone who lives, works, or worships in the Upper Peninsula. Welcome back to the Coaches Show on ESPN-UP. Time now to talk Nagani girls basketball with head coach Brandon Sager. His team starts the season 1-0 with a 57-39 victory over Escanaba on Tuesday. Coach, congrats. A good start to your season. You look to get right back on track and uh, pick up after an undefeated regular season last year. Tell me how Tuesday went and what it means for your team going forward. Um, well, it was a little sloppy for us. Uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, as we enter our second game here, we can say it was first game jitters. Um, just a lot of things we, we have to kind of tighten up. We, we watch film and, and uh, made a lot of corrections yesterday in practice. So, But uh, all in all, you know, happy uh, anytime we can come out with a victory. And, um, you know, some people got some, some good game experience. We had a freshman who was pretty nervous and, uh, and played like a freshman on, uh, on our first game. But we, we talked about it, and she watched a lot of the things on film that she needs to and uh, I think we'll be hopefully good moving forward. And you know we've got a we've got 19 more to, to go to get ready, um, you know, for the postseason. But um, we're, we're going to build off of off of Tuesday and, and hopefully get better each week. Well, coach, you jumped out on a Murley. You held them pretty much at arm's length throughout. They wouldn't go away. They're a good team in their own right. But what does it say about your team and that you're able to maintain the lead? You're able to survive every run they threw at you. That was a good thing. It was uh, it was one of those games that's like this needs to get over. It kept dragging on and they kept picking away. And uh, but yeah, you know the girls persevered and, and like you said, they kind of made that stand and made a few plays that was able to open it up a little bit more and and, uh, and let us kind of cruise into a win. On well, Escanaba, really struggled from behind the arc, making just one of their first fourteen. Tell me about your team and how they were able to defend from three. Um. You know, we um, we we always focus on our on our perimeter. Our guards have always kind of been our strength, um, and uh, they had a small lineup, so it was, it was kind of awkward for us. But um, you know, the the key was to really bother their their key players in Kameen and Kameen and Shaler, and um, and we were able to do that and and help off of some others and, and cause some problems for for those two girls. Abby gets a double-double, 16 points, 12 rebounds. Chloe with a team-high 17 points. Tell me about those two and what they were able to do to lead your team. Um, you know, Abby's our best shooter, and um, she started off, I think she missed her first six or seven shots, but then kind of settled down. She was she was pretty anxious and excited to, to get back on the court and play. Um, she was good inside. Um, you know, Chloe actually ended up, after we started the game, had a double-double as well with 10 rebounds. So, um, both of their performances were um, were kind of where we expected them to be, um, but it was good. I know they were happy with it and, and got off to a good start. So, um, you know, they both brought a lot of high energy to our team and uh, and kind of let us and, and it kind of inspired some of the other girls to, to turn up their intensity a little bit. Well, Coach, game number two, you travel up to Houghton. Tell me what to expect from the Gremlins. Um, it's a different-looking Houghton team than we've seen in the past. Um, but always well coached and ready, and she will have them ready to go. Um, especially following a loss, um, you know it's one of those one of those places and teams you never want to play because Coach Philpus will make those corrections from that first game. And uh, uh, you know, um, I, I think Cassie Reinenen is their is their go to player, and so we've kind of um, kind of put together a plan to, to kind of contain her and uh, and just really improve on 
ourselves from our first game on some of the, the miscues that we had um, as far as team defense and, and boxing out, rebounding, just doing all the little things. So hopefully we can correct that and uh, have, a, have a good ride home. Tell me about what you saw on Tuesday that you were pleased with, that you want to build on, and some things that maybe you can chalk up to first game jitters that you want to correct, maybe challenge your team to fix when you get up to Houghton. Um, you know, pleased with uh, we did we did move the ball pretty well. Um, we have to probably improve our spacing a little bit to to get a little bit better shots. It's always um, you know the old saying, pass up a shot to get a better shot, and. Um, so those kinds of things, we ran the floor pretty well. Um, I, I think we can do a little bit better job of that, but that that in turn comes with rebounding, and we didn't do a great job boxing out. Everybody kind of ran to the to the rim, and um, those were the, those and and team defense were the really big takeaways that we need to kind of dial in a little bit and get back to kind of what we do best. Brian Sager, girls basketball coach at Nagani. Coach, as always, thanks for taking the time. Best of luck against Houghton. All right, thanks for having me, Tanner. Once again, our thanks to all of our coaches for coming on, taking time to talk about their teams. Girls' first week of the season, we showcased a lot of those teams in Marquette County today. Let's take a look at the boys' upcoming schedule tonight. Four games involving UP teams. Kingsford visiting Escanaba. Gladstone is at Manistique. Iron Mountain visits Calumet. And then the battle for Ishpeming. That can be heard right here on ESPN-UP as Ishpeming visits Westwood. A battle between two crosstown rivals. The schools separated by just two miles. Then tomorrow, just one UP boys game as Mackinac Island visits Hannaville. On Monday, a busy slate of boys basketball. Lance is at Nagani. Westwood is at Hancock. Calumet is at Ewan Trout Creek. Bessemer visiting DB. How about Washburn at Ironwood? Barriga at Watersmeet. West Iron County at home. Stevenson on the road. Bessemer on the road. Jeffers at home. You've got Bark River Harris visiting Rapid River. Norway on the road. Boyne City on the road. They're at Cedarville. Angadine is at Munising. Mackinac City at Brimley. And Pickford visits Pelston. On Tuesday, Marquette is at Gladstone. Escanaba visits Houghton. Newberry hosts St. Ignace. And Sault Ste. Marie visits Rudyard. Wednesday, Gwen is at Ishpeming. Munising will make a road trip. Allenson is at Detour. Thursday, Westwood hosts Kingsford. Hancock is at Houghton. West Iron County visits Lance. Meanwhile, Lake Linden Hubble travels to take on Calumet. You've got Jassel welcoming Jeffers. Ironwood is at Butternut. You've got Rapid River. At home, Rudyard is at Brimley. St. Ignace welcoming Pickford. Angadines at Cedarville. Just a few of the games happening on Thursday. Then a week from today, Gladstone in Escanaba. Marquette traveling down to Traverse City to take on Central. Gwynn is hosting Manistique. Norway's at Iron Mountain. Ironwood at home. Bark River Harris is visiting Stevenson. That's a look at the boys' schedule coming up for the next week. Don't forget that every Friday you can tune in right here on ESPN-UP at 3 and 5, sandwiching the sports pen, and you can get caught up on everything you need to know as far as Marquette County High School basketball. You will hear from all five schools. Boys and girls will mix them in there. You'll get to hear from your favorite coaches and get the latest on your team. That is every week during the basketball season Fridays at 3 and 5. 
Tanner Hoops with you. That does it for us. Don't forget, join us tonight for Westwood Patriot Basketball right here on ESPN-UP as the Pats welcome crosstown rival Ishpeming for high school boys basketball. The first meeting between the two squads since the thriller in the district final last season that Westwood won at the buzzer. That's coming up tonight. 7.15 will be the tip-off. Pre-game will get going right around 7. You can listen online with our free mobile app. Download it if you haven't done so already. The Apple iStore and Google Play, just a few of the places where you're able to find it. Don't forget, in case you haven't heard, Jason Fitz of ESPN Radio Spain and Fitz will be joining me on the Sports Pen next Tuesday. A very special episode of it as we get one of the leading minds in college football at ESPN. He comes on for the Sports Pen with me on Tuesday. Very special episode. Hope that you'll tune in for Jason Fitz of ESPN Radio Spain and Fitz. That does it for ESPN UP's Friday tip-off coaches show. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy your weekend. My name's Tanner Hoops, signing off. ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming, Marquette.